Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me today. Episode number 158. I want to read the poetry of George Bilgeer for this program today. George is a poet from Cleveland, Ohio. You may have heard his work uh, read on the Writer's Almanac. He's been featured there a number of times. He writes a lot about domestic life, the everydayness of our modern life, the private wins and sometimes not so private losses. He's humorous and yet also somehow tragic. He has a real gift at turning the ordinary into insight. You might, uh, when you hear his work and read his work, you might be reminded of Billy Collins. They have a similar approach to poetry, I think. But George is a lot better in my estimation, and I think someone he is someone who should be read uh, much more often than he is, though he does have a large following. I recommend him to you. I had the great pleasure of hosting him at the Scissortail Festival in Ada, Oklahoma, a few years ago, and he gave a a stellar performance, which I still remember. I want to read from two of his books uh, on today's program. The first one is The White Museum, which was published in 2010 by Autumn House Press. And I want to read three poems from this book. The first one is titled Muscle. One minute I'm standing in the parking lot behind the De Anza Theater. We're throwing our empties at each other, our smokes turning a wider shade of pale. The subject is horsepower, and the cars we're leaning on are Cougars, Mustangs, GTOs. Now and then we rumble off and back again for no particular reason, just to hear the anger, basso profundo, from a 389 V8 as rendered by a righteous pair of hooker headers. When suddenly, through a dirty, underhanded trick of time, I'm turning gray at a table in front of Starbucks, sipping a latte, talking mortgage with a woman I seem to be married to. A silly little Prius scoots by without a sound, followed by oblique insight. That's muscle. And you see right away the the idea of a middle-aged man (laughs) brought to the forefront. Next one is titled Rhino. It seems like only yesterday that I saw one with its prissy, fat lady in heels sachet bearing its fabled horn, its namesake. But a friend of mine, against my advice, recently underwent rhinoplasty. And the next time I saw her with her perfect little high-tech nose, I realized I could barely remember the last time I'd been to the zoo. One day, long ago, I walked out of the elephant house forever, leaving behind its ineffable stench of elephant. And I walked out of the primate correctional facility full of chimps shouting, Jacuz! And I stood for the last time in front of the rhino enclosure where the rhino lay in the dust and boredom, her little gray tail whisking at flies. That was the last time I can remember holding the big, extinct paw of my father as we walked out of the zoo together, filled with the autumnal sadness of zoos. It's the way I feel when I bump into Kate these days, like the rhino remembering the Serengeti, or like seeing someone I used to know. Taking out the trash. I remember as a child watching my father take out the trash at the frozen crack of dawn, 
cursing as he dragged the stinking cans to the curb and thinking, that's not something I'm ever going to do. In other ways, I was a model son, standing at the mirror as he shaved, dabbing the warm cream on my cheek, dreaming of a razor and whiskers of my very own. Watching him light up as he read the Sunday paper, one eye squinted against smoke and bad news, had me reading the funnies before I could even read. My eye squinted against nothing. And the deft, one-handed way he straightened his fedora's brim while at the same time adjusting the coordinates of rake and tilt makes me regret that the hat, like my father, has vanished, along with the strop and razor and lathery bowl of curds. Even smoking and the Sunday paper are on their way out. These are the losses I'm mourning this morning as I drag the stinking trash cans to the curb. So that's three from the White Museum, a 2010 publication. And now I want to read from his 2018 book titled Blood Pages, which is a publication of the University of Pittsburgh Press. And uh, I'd like to read three poems from this as well. The first one is titled Icarus. The lifeguard was texting, the man at the gas pump was sexting, and everyone in the park was tweeting. And the waiter at Pete's was Instagramming, and all the diners on the patio were FaceTiming, except for one old guy stuck in the past who was actually emailing. As for the people at the bus stop, they were just plain old on the phone. But the little girl on at her lemonade stand on the lawn in front of her house had her head in the clouds, double parked above the town. So she was the only one who saw him fall, the beautiful boy trailing feathers from the sky above Cleveland, where basically nothing ever happens. In Praise of Soup When eating soup, even the most powerful among us, the film stars and hedge funds managers, the leaders of mighty nations, bow their heads and slurp like peasants. Furthermore, it is nearly impossible to find a really expensive bowl of soup. Soup is as democratic as air. And praise the humble spoon, which cannot stab nor slice. The spoon is non-confrontational, glad just to offer its tiny blessing, its modicum of happiness. I say this because today I saw the president on TV eating soup at some state dinner or other. He leaned over the bowl in the timeless posture, head lowered and acquiescent to soup's modest promise of another day on our little ball of water and earth. This was the same day he had called in a drone strike on some desert village. As is often the case, however, the intelligence was faulty. It was just a wedding party. The drones burned up. Although you can't fault them, they're only drones after all. The End of August such a nice summer it's been. The dawn laps at the public pool while the other graying swimmers, our own little Olympics every morning, racing old age and death, 
who seems to be on steroids, but what else is new? The trip to Europe, which has already become a handful of memories of cobblestones and cathedrals, the same charming dinner over and over. The twilight barbecues, they were lovely, with friends and wine on the sun porch, our laughter rising into the summer sky to vanish like smoke among the owls and stars. Who were we, the people we were this summer? I liked us, with our secret jokes, our garden project, and long walks after dinner. I liked the heat of us, lying all night together. The people we are next summer will miss us. They'll sit up late on the porch with a glass of wine, the crickets going at it, talking about us, turning us into stories. So those are three poems from Blood Pages, the University Press, 2018, and the White Museum from Autumn House Press. George Bilgeer, a really fine poet from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Ken Hayda. You can find information about my work at kenhayda.org. Thank you for joining me today. Until next week, I'm Ken Hayda with the Sunday Poems. <laughs>